Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of What's Up, Araling Panlipunan Rebooted, is powered by PLDT Home. Experience the best that a digital lifestyle has to offer with the Philippines' fastest broadband. It's sitting in the background of every office scene there is. It's mentioned in The Office, the show. It also pops up in the Mission Impossible, James Bond, and Jason Bourne movies. And on every cop show that's ever had a file on the suspect. Steve Jobs even used the envelope version of it as a prop when he first unveiled the MacBook Air in 2008. It's so thin, it even fits inside one of these envelopes that we've all seen floating around the office. And so let me go ahead and show it to you now. It's graced the desks of every person in power there is. And I bet you've got one at home too. The Manila folder is everywhere. When I was studying abroad, I said I grew up in Manila and people would say, like the folder? I used to say yes, but as it turns out, I was only half right. Because despite the Manila folder having the same name as the Philippines' capital, it has a much more complicated history than you might think. Welcome to WhatsApp, Araning Panlipunan Rebooted, the podcast that looks at Philippine history with fresh eyes. I'm Siege Tantenko, reporter, history nerd, and office supplies enthusiast. And I'm Sab Schnabel, a historian and a comedian who has worked for Carlos Saldran, the National Museum of the Philippines, and the Guggenheim in Venice. Today, we'll be talking about manila folders, where they come from, what they're made of, and how they ended up literally everywhere. So get yourself in an Ethan Hunt mood and let's start our mission. Dun, 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 dun. Sab sabihin mo ko. Okay, let's start with Pearl of the Orientation. To get to the real story of the Manila folder, we have to go all the way back to the 1800s. The 1800s were a time of rapid industrialization in the West. It was when railroads started to become popular, roller skates had just been patented, and Beethoven was the Kanye West of their time. Wait, what? You know, really famous, also weird and angry. Sorry, Beethoven. Abaca was one of the three main exports of the Philippines at the time. Americans called it Manila hemp, which is technically not correct. It's not a kind of hemp, but rather a plant species related to bananas. You can't eat it, but the fiber is strong and flexible. But if you grew up in the Philippines like me, you don't know it as manila hemp. You say, abaka. And if you grew up in the Philippines also like me, you knew it as chinelas ni Lola. Whatever you call it, the fiber is the key to the manila folder's legacy. The first written account of abaca we could find is in Antonio Pigafetta's writings, which means we've had this fiber since before the Spanish arrived. 
In the annotated version of the Chronicles of Pigafetta, the Blair and Robertson edition, Pigafetta describes women dressed in tree cloth, which is probably abaca. But its potential was never realized by the Spanish. In 1820, while the Philippines was still under Spanish rule, an American Navy lieutenant named John White brought a sample of abaca to Salem, Massachusetts. The University of Michigan's website has a copy of a 1915 publication titled Abaca, parenthesis, Manila Hemp, in the Philippines by M. M. Salibi. According to Salibi's research, the fiber became a fixture in Salem and Boston in the 1820s, and its influence continued to spread. Philippines' exports of abaca increased by over 200-fold by 1840. You might be thinking, isn't that a crazy amount of folders? But it's not, because the fiber wasn't being used for manila folders yet. It was being used for manila rope. We love doing podcasts like this because the story of humanity is tied to stories of invention. Every innovation builds on past knowledge to improve our lives today. Abaca became manila rope, which became manila folders, and now many people have moved from physical folders to cloud storage. Even this podcast. We write our scripts using collaborative office apps, share photos and research through the cloud, and even record from our own homes without being together IRL. The internet is awesome. Especially when you have the strongest connection. With PLDT Home, the Philippines' fastest broadband, your ideas never have to slow down. And it doesn't hurt that this super-fast internet makes me feel just like the spies in the movies. Keep learning and keep innovating with PLDT Home. And now, back to the episode. As we said earlier, the fiber first took off in Salem and Boston. And what they have in common is that their coastal cities made a living off of fishing. And in the 1800s, whaling. Back in the 1800s, whale oil was super important. Before electricity, whale oil was used to fuel lamps and to make candles and soap. Whale oil was basically liquid gold for whalers, which is why whales are a luxury resource in the video game civilization. But they had a problem. Salt water rots everything, including ropes, which used to be made of traditional hemp. Unreliable rope meant your catch was at risk and your lives were at risk. So fishing and whaling boats had to change ropes so often. Angastos! Enter Abaca, a.k.a. the artist erroneously known as Manila Hemp. Durable, flexible, and most importantly, resistant to salt water, it was a game changer. Ropes made from abaca were so strong that they were even used on whaling boats to pull in actual whales. This is how it worked. Ships would go out to the spots in the ocean where the whales were, and once the whale was spotted, small boats would go out to harpoon the whale. The line tied to that harpoon was made of abaca. In fact, the line itself was sometimes called Manila, spelled with two L's. And how do we know they preferred Manila ropes? We have a primary source, everybody! It's in the most famous book about whaling there is. That's right, Moby Dick, published in 1851. Quote, Of late years, the Manila rope has, in the American fishery, almost entirely superseded hemp as a material for whale lines. It is stronger and far more soft and elastic. And, I will add, since there is an aesthetic in all things, is much more handsome and becoming to the boat than hemp. 
And so Manila rope became the go-to rope of the 1800s. And with it, the Philippines was the primary exporter. But if Manila rope was everywhere, that also meant that used Manila rope, no longer good for the boats, was everywhere too. What do you do with the waste? A pair of American brothers named John Mark and Lyman Hollingsworth had an idea. They reused old Manila rope and sails to make paper. They found that the paper was too rough for writing, but it was exceptionally durable, perfect for wrapping and protecting other objects. So they, of course, patented Manila paper in 1843 and sold tag paper, wrapping paper, pattern paper, and abrasive backing. And this is where things get a little murky. They didn't initially sell Manila folders, but sometime after, someone did. We couldn't trace who, but I guess we can chalk it up to the natural course of invention. People build on other people's discoveries. And then someone put a flap on it, and the manila envelope came to life too. We know that by the 1920s, Ernest Hemingway kept his manuscripts in manila envelopes. There was even an incident in 1922 where his first wife Hadley went to surprise him in Lausanne, Switzerland, bringing an envelope with everything he had written. Manila envelopes may be durable, but they're not immune. Her entire suitcase was stolen, including his original manuscript. Not that Hemingway stopped using manila envelopes after this. According to the Los Angeles Times, Hemingway later kept his Nobel Prize for Literature inside a large manila envelope. Manila folders and manila envelopes are used in offices everywhere today. And people are even getting creative with how they use them. And of course, you know, people, I'm sure, think I'm totally crazy. And then when I That's designer Luca Iaconi-Stewart talking to Wired about a scale model of a Boeing 777 airplane, down to tiny seats and moving landing gear using... You guessed it. It's, you know, manila folder, glue, exacto blades, straight edges. It's a pretty simple set of, of materials that I use. So that's first and... That video models. has 12 million views on YouTube. And you know what? The herb. Remember in high school... Face-to-face -face classes. <laughs> well... Yeah, did you ever have to do group work and write your answers on manila paper? Yes! We'd get on our hands and knees on the floor of the classroom to write across that big paper and hang it on the chalkboard after. And the person with the best handwriting would be in charge of writing, which was never me. But, I'm sorry to break it to you, the kind we had in school is not authentic manila paper. What? I called a friend who works at a paper mill, and he said that today's manila paper is made of recycled waste paper and heavily dyed yellow. The first manila paper was meant to be inexpensive paper made from recycling old ropes. But nowadays, there are fewer ropes and sails to recycle, so abaca has been replaced with cardstock and dyed, which is why the color is different. Real manila folders and envelopes are buff-colored, kind of a light tan or beige. Oh, and the manila paper we used in school was yellow. Exactly. Ironically, the processing of abaca is too expensive to make supposedly inexpensive paper, so while the name stuck, what we use in school is no longer the same thing. But that doesn't mean abaca is on its way out. Even though we're living increasingly digital lives and perhaps aren't using folders as much as we are using folder emojis, abaca is still an important material. And one we should be proud of as Filipinos. Abaca is one of the strongest natural fibers in the world, according to the Philippines Department of Science and Technology. And according to the Department of Agriculture, the Philippines dominates the global market for abaca, exporting 87% of the world's abaca as of 2016. 
abaca is used for tea bags, coffee filters, insulation paper, vacuum bags, woven baskets, bags, and more. Mercedes-Benz is even mixing abaca yarn into automotive parts to make them lighter. And I'm not making that up, the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations said so. Abaca is even used in money. The Japanese yen and of course, the Philippine peso. The United Nations lists abaca as one of its economic future fibers. Synthetic fibers are taking over our landfills and filling the earth with waste with what is basically plastic. Abaca, being a natural fiber, is a sustainable alternative. On top of that, planting abaca minimizes soil erosion and mitigates flooding in coastal areas. There's really so much to be excited about abaca, and we should keep an eye out for how the Philippines' abaca industry develops. From a humble plant, to a rope that revolutionized the maritime industry, to a piece of stationery as ubiquitous as a ball pen, abaca is our super fiber. So the next time you're thinking of buying plastic rope, buy abaca instead. Pretend you're in Moby Dick. And put your notes in manila envelopes so you can be like Ernest Hemingway. And keep your deepest, darkest secrets in manila folders, just like James Bond. And the next time you're asked if you come from the same place as the manila folder, you can say, Actually, I'm not from Massachusetts, but I'm from the land that brought you what it's made of. It's a long story. Just listen to the podcast. It's time for Quento Corner, where we end each episode with a random story we think you like. Did you know that Hemingway wasn't the only writer to use manila envelopes? Another famous writer was also a fan of the humble manila envelope, Kurt Vonnegut. The New York Times asked writer Jess Walter what the greatest book he received as a gift was. He said, quote, in 2005, I wrote an essay confessing how, as a 20-year-old, I pretended to be working for Esquire magazine in order to interview Kurt Vonnegut Jr. When my story finally appeared almost 20 years later in an alternative newspaper, Vonnegut mailed me a signed leather-bound copy of The Sirens of Titan. I can still smell the Pall Mall smoke on that manila envelope. So there you have it. If you want to be a great writer, be sure to use manila envelopes and manila folders to hold your writing. Just don't smoke. We've got enough respiratory worries without cigarettes. May COVID na nga, dadagdagan mo pa. Class dismissed. Subscribe to WhatsApp Araling Panlipunan Rebooted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Are you making your own Boeing 777 out of manila folders? Tag us on Twitter at History Rebooted, on Facebook.com slash History Rebooted, and on Instagram at History.Rebooted. Once again, I'm Siege Tantenko, Puma Podcast. I'm on social media at Siege the Day. C-E-E-J the Day because I think you should seize the day. And I'm Sab Schnabel, Puma Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Sabrina Schnabel, that's S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L, rhymes with fable. This episode of What's Up, Araling Pandipunan Rebooted was produced by Diosa Quinones and edited by Nina Toralba. Art by Trix Casillan. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.